Greetings and good day. Hi, Bob. Hi, Brian. And welcome yeah. to the... I've already forgotten what we're calling this podcast, but I think it's Happy Valley, which is... Happy Valley! Happy Valley! Welcome to Happy yeah. Valley, a For All Mankind podcast. My name's Donnie Gordon, yeah. and my co-host with the most, Mr. Brian, Brian Chaney. Chaney. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Hi, Bob. I'm happy. The yeah. uh, Hi, It's almost back. And yeah. we're going to talk about all things For All Mankind, including... Yep. And not leaving anything out, even though this is probably going to be about an hour. Um, we could probably talk for like 24 hours about this show. Oh, yeah. Because I You could talk so 24 much. hours about it, yeah. I, I think I do talk for 24 hours to you about this, like obnoxiously. Yeah. And you and I have been talking about this show since I think earlier this year I said, Hey, Brian, there's this show yeah. on Apple TV Plus called For All Mankind. Uh, both you and I, big Ronald D. Moore fans, uh, who, yeah. of course, was the showrunner, the brains behind Battlestar Galactica years ago. We, you and I have known each other for years. We yeah. used to do Battlestar Galactica watch parties yep. before At your online apartment, yeah. watch parties. Yeah, my apartment. And like you traveled two hours to come be yeah. with me for a Battlestar Galactica finale. Yeah. Like it was a big deal. And here he is, Rondi Moore, all these year la years later, yeah. he now has this show on Apple TV Plus. And I was like, hey, you should be check out this show called For All Mankind. And within so like two minutes, you sent me oh, a yeah. pic of you watching the yeah. show. <laughs> I was like, Well, no, no, no. No, you you misremember. So okay. I was watching it and you as I was watching it, you suggested that I watch it. Yes. Um, so it was just, it was good timing. Yes. So it, yeah. it was. So serendipitous moment and yeah. fantastic. I've gone back through the series. I, I've, so for those who have not been introduced to For All Mankind, this show is about to start its fourth season and we're going to talk spoilers for everything seasons one through three. And Why would anybody listen to this if they didn't know what it was? Because it's basically our friends and family are going to watch this and listen to this. Oh, yeah. And so your, your friends and family. My, mine don't care. So Okay. Yeah. My, my, so that was my first hi, time through the hi show. Donnie's yeah. uh, hi, hi, Donnie's mom. Hi, Donnie's mom. Hi, Donnie's wife. The first time I watched the show, I, I watched it pretty much by myself. Sadness. Yeah. And then I kept like wearing my wife down like you need to watch this show because she's not into sci-fi but i'm like there are multiple different ways that this show resonates with its audience and yeah. one of those is the character driven stories and i think you will get on board with that if you will give it a chance and she got sucked in now so the second time through we watched it over the summer and kind of early into this fall and gosh it's back yeah yeah <laughs> No, I'm excited, man. And my wife and I watched it together. She enjoyed it. Um, I, I would say that the interesting thing with all this, if you continue to listen through the episodes, is mm. I am a, I wouldn't say a casual watcher, but a more uh, an above average watcher. Um, Donnie, you are the, <laughs> like, you've got the board with the string and the pins and like, I, the I am that beam. Freeze frame. Yeah. So like if if I'm on the street and I'm just like, yes. hi, I, I, I'm Donnie. Um, let me tell you about this show called For All Mankind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or, or you're on the phone and you're like, yeah, and I think Daniel Poole is is da 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 da, and you get off and your wife's like, who is that? You're like, oh, it's the some guy trying to sh- sell us insurance. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. the poor kid who comes up to my house trying to sell me internet, it's yeah. like, let me tell you about Molly yeah. Cobb and yeah. how she discovered ice on the moon. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Okay, so let let's do this. Let's talk about a few things. Um, what I guess first off, like what do you, what intrigues you about the show? Like there's there's so much good television out there. Like what? Why are you so excited about it? This show for me tickles a couple of different things. One, I, I've always enjoyed the space program. I was a kid who grew up 80s and 90s with the space shuttle and. I'm I'm too young to remember the whole Challenger thing, but I was kind of on the back edge of that when the space shuttle was starting to launch again, and it was really reinvigorating the the space program. And then the space station gets built, and so I've always enjoyed real life NASA. And I was the kid that, like in sixth grade, when he had to pick what his term paper talk topic was going to be it was going to be apollo 11 so i've always been interested in it so then to take something that was really this way for the united states to show its superiority over communism of we're going to we're going to get into the space race and we're going to beat them to mars or to mars well see i'm already getting ahead because my first spoiler alert so the first episode of this show basically instead of like in our history Apollo 11 happens, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, they land on the moon. We win, yay, American flag, plant that puppy, and we show our superiority over the communist way of life. In this timeline, the Soviet Union beats us to the moon by a month. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. So there's, there is the, the space intrigue for me, the space program. There's the geopolitical everything and then there's like this alt history thing so there's like multiple different ways that the show hits for me and then you start getting the character driven stories to where you've got these you know these grandiose world global scale solar system scale stories but then they show the impact that that has on people in a very real way Um, and the families that are involved in this because you've got these people that are Mm -hmm. they're, they're achieving such great things but the impact that that has back home and it's very compelling yeah. the way that they that they portray that. Well, and, and it's you know the the Soviets win, mm. and the space race just keeps going. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like, and, a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like in our timeline, yeah. the the whole space race, we get to the moon. Apollo eleven happens. Like, Twelve, thirteen ta-da. doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen is the last mission. Nineteen seventy two, and then we basically defund the whole thing. Yeah, that doesn't happen in this timeline. In yeah. fact, we don't just defund; we like double down and we keep investing. Yeah. And we keep investing. So by like 1973, we have a moon base. There are people that yeah. live on the moon all the time, and then there are Soviets that are living on the moon all the time, not too far yeah. away. And then the military gets involved, and guns yeah. in space are never a good idea. <laughs> Hashtag guns in space. Yeah, don't end well. No, it it is so interesting, and it's done with. I mean, you you probably know more about this than I do, but it's done in a very realistic way. Mm-hmm. In that, it, it is definitely science fiction. Yes, there's definitely liberties that are taken. Yes, um, but it's all semi-realistic. And again, yeah. some of it's theoretical at this point, but um, 
if we kept i mean you think about some of the stuff that did come out of the the space race originally it just continue that mm-hmm. on where you have to build something you know so efficient so you know uh, compact and then we turn that into a consumer product and right. that happens over and over in the show tang as we see velcro yeah yep all the things electric cars they have electric cars by the early 80s yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there is definitely an impact on the rest of society. Uh, they have email in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, sir. It's called oh. D-mail in D-mail. their universe. <laughs> it's not email. Yeah, not the same, but yeah. totally the same That's... thing. Like Apple Newtons, like that that becomes the yeah. big thing. It, it's yeah, it's fun because there's then... there's these parallels. Sometimes the same events happen or they happen differently. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. And and it's like they they did calculate. I think there's a couple things I've got a little pick at it, but um, there you think about if these things happen, mm-hmm. how that would uh, affect politics, affect who who runs for what, sure. uh, how th- how things happen overseas. Yeah, um, there's some of that interesting stuff, but then there's also some like uh, things that they wish happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they just like put some of those things in, um, and so it's like you see some political bents uh, in the writing, which is fine, but it's it's just annoying. <laughs> you know, I, I I haven't seen it that way because I feel like there is still a balanced approach, whether you come at this show from a a red or a blue perspective. I, I thought. You know, they I think handled Reagan, I thought, really well in season two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, he became president four years earlier in this timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So he defeats Ted Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. Ted Kennedy is a president of the United States who defeats Nixon, yeah. becomes president in 72, loses to Reagan in 76. Jimmy Carter era never happens. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of fascinating. And and then you have this guy named Gary Hart, which if you actually look at history, he was a a potential front runner in 84. He got involved in a sex scandal. And apparently that didn't happen in this timeline. And he actually becomes a two-term president. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. No, it, it it is fairly balanced. I think uh, you just, like, even in some of the, the newer stuff, I, I mean, you see, you see it. And I think some of it's just like, we wish this happened, so we're going to throw that in there. Mm, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's like one side or the other, but it is, there are some things that didn't need to happen, didn't need to change based on the space race, but it's like, what if society did this? Or what if we did this instead? Yeah. So I think the the advancement of women in the professional world, I think we see that happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of gets spurred on by there's uh, on the second Russian moon landing, a a woman is yeah the, either the commander of the mission or she's on the moon. So Nixon gets Which the big I, idea. I think that was brilliant. I, that was brilliant in that the Russians say, like, saying like, here's our first, like yeah. another first, another first. Take this America. Yeah. Not only did we land on the moon, but now we are sending a woman to the moon. So in yep. NASA, in our timeline, you know, Sally Ride was the first woman in space, and that didn't happen until like the 1980s. So yep. you end up with this this quartet of characters uh, with you, Ellen Wilson, Molly Cobb, uh, Daniel Poole, 
and then Tracy Stevens, who are the the Nixon's women, the the four that mm-hmm. become astronauts, yeah. and honestly, from my perspective, really become the heart of the show. Uh, yeah. From a storytelling perspective, from a your characters that I can get on board with. I mean, to me, um, and I'm going to show my bias a lot, but Daniel Poole is the heart of For All Mankind. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Greatest yeah. character. Boom. There it is. Well, and I think that Ed Baldwin mm-hmm. has had ebb and flows. Sure. I think in the, the last season, he really came out. But it, it's like, there's not good guys and bad guys right. necessarily. Like, But Ed Baldwin would be, would be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, a different time. Anti-hero. Kind of a, anti-hero. Yeah. 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 Maybe an antagonist, but anti-hero. That's yeah. a good, that's like a Taylor yeah. Swift song and the thing that Brian. Yeah, that's what I was going for. I love me some Swift, some TTS. We are covering all the topics here. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, just to keep things moving. So we're, we, we've, you have been a devotee of the first three seasons, mm. seen them several times. Um, I just did another watch through as well as the, uh, the in-between clips they do the newsreels yeah that's new right so it's kind of been a it's been a novelty that has existed within the, okay. the timeline of the show for again those who may not be completely up to speed typically this show jumps a decade between each season yeah. so you continue to see the progression of humanity of science of culture and they bridge that with these these newsreels so each season starts with a three, four minute sequence of things that happen. And sometimes it's fun things. So like John Lennon doesn't yeah. get assassinated. Uh, Michael Jordan ends up on the Portland, how fun, Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> but then like the Beatles have this reunion tour. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I'm kind of interested now to see other things that maybe those, those fun little news details so like yeah. I was watching SNL a couple of weeks ago and like the Foo Fighters were on there and like that made me think about Nirvana and Nirvana being big in the early nineties. Did Kurt Cobain take his life or was he able to, to beat some things? And mm-hmm. are we going to get like alternate butterfly effect Nirvana yes. music, new content in the early two thousands? Th- these are my yeah, deep th- thoughts. That's really one of the things I'm most excited about is that that opening montage that bridges the seasons. Yes. Um, it's always so good. And it, you have to watch it like 10 times to get. Yes. You know what, what all the stuff that happens uh, as the Uber for all mankind person on this podcast, I am the guy yeah. that pauses it and frame by frame. It's like dissecting because they actually do put a lot of thought into these articles that are on the screen. They're actually yeah. written out and they make sense. So <laughs> I, I feel like hilarious. of all the things they do in the writer's room, that has to be one of the most fun and probably one of the most taxing, stressful yeah. sequences. But it's it's very well thought out. And that's one of the things I appreciate yeah. is the attention to detail with this series. There are certainly, yeah. and we can talk about this, and I know you will, some of the unevenness of the storytelling at certain yeah. times or some head-scratching type of moments. But I do appreciate the attention to detail and the effort to stay grounded in a world that has experienced a significant butterfly effect. And the farther we along, along we get in this story, the more liberties they're going to take, the more. Well, they're going to have to, because it's all theoretical, right? It's all theoretical. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, so what's interesting, 
is they so they do have some big pieces that happen throughout the the season and on a rewatch you see that like uh for example mm. the the North Korea yes like that was set up from episode 1 right, <laughs> of the season yes there were all yeah. these nuggets that I did not yes. catch the first time through yeah that the recording of in the president's uh in the oval, oval office that was set up Yes. There's all these pieces like they, it is not, oh, you know, it'd be cool next episode. Like there is thought in the, the season as a whole. And I, I really do appreciate that. Like little things, little things that if you rewatch, you're like, that's what they were saying. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think kind of stepping back and looking more holistically at the, the streaming TV model that we're in right now, where it's a little bit more serialized, shorter uh, season length, as far as episodes are concerned. What I'd appreciate about that overall is I feel like that has made writing a little tighter to where mm-hmm. there's less fluff. Yeah. I, I, however, I will say I feel like three ha- season three had the most fluff of any of the, the three seasons thus far. And we can delve into what some of those criticisms are and things that I hope they're able to correct in season four as well. Yeah. Well, let, let do this. So um, can you set up? The end of season three going into four. Oh, goodness gracious. So I know. Oh, my goodness. So like, get, give me like the three minute version. Not let's <laughs> not do an outline. You're like, OK, let me get my charts. Pre- <laughs> pre- <laughs> Previously on For All Mankind. So the, <laughs> I just made him laugh. He was a, he, it was a spit take. That was good. Right then. That was good. By, by my man, yep. Brian. Season three really was primarily about the race to Mars, at least the first half of the season. And then basically who's going to be first. And you set up this, well, this three way race. I appreciate the thing I appreciate about that though, is like it was season one on the moon, season two on the moon mm-hmm. and Mars was the obvious place to go, but like such a big swing, right? Like, such a, a huge swing. And I mean, yeah. there's there's a reason in our timeline, we haven't been to Mars yet. Yes, granted, we have defunded our space program, but th- these are very hard problems to solve scientifically, yeah. to be able to have a vehicle that, number one, can get you there and can get you back. But then, you know, what do we do about things like radiation and you know the supplies that you need, which, by the way, is one thing that really, for me... I, I, I fluctuate back and forth about the whole North Korean thing because season, the, the season three, episode 10, the finale opens up mm-hmm. with a North Korean that actually was the first person on Mars. And like a month before, like a yeah. month before he was as North Korea would do uh, a one way trip for a couple of guys. Like you're going to go to Mars. And I like, did Kim Jong Il or whoever is the premier of North Korea was he gonna like brag about it like hey we sent a couple of guys to Mars yeah. and they died but they made it to well, Mars well they they died so it it just didn't get any light right or he assumed they died he, but yes so the one one guy like dies in the crash landing and the other guy is alive but he can't radio back he keeps trying to radio back and nobody acknowledges his message to say I've landed on Mars for the great country of 
people's republic of korea or or whatever and it's like how much supplies did this guy have in his little soyuz yeah. capsule rip off soviet I capsule i mean they i don't know what the plan was and and i think it's inferred that there was not a plan i don't think there was but, a plan <laughs> but he did have supplies the supplies for two people it's fair. but also they were there for months before they discovered him correct i mean like eight months yes right so that's, no, that's more than, maybe more than that's that. a lot of canned food yeah yeah that's a lot of canned food so that's a good I, i'm with you uh, bless his heart it, it was a fun kind of shocking thing and i like that there was they, this is where i think for all mankind does such a good job of storytelling because in that beginning of the finale we get this entire like montage sequence of yeah uh, lee jung gil is his name I bet you didn't know that, Brian, did you? I didn't know that. Lee Jung-gil. That's his name. Of course. And yeah, of course. Ed Baldwin, in context, tries to speak to him in Korean and calls him my good dumpling, um, <laughs> which may or may not be kosher. Uh, but in mm -hmm. the moment, it was a very funny reveal. But they really show the inner turmoil of this guy who is trying to, his entire life we, we look at it from a western this guy's been brainwashed to you know say that you know north korea's best and show their superiority and he's trying his best to get a message back home and he's he has a picture of a loved one uh, you know I, i'm mm -hmm. guessing it's his significant other um basically keeping him going and yeah. he, he's at a point where of course in a very north korean style they they have a gun like in a lockbox that they can take mm -hmm. out, take themselves out if they want to, whenever the time comes. <laughs> and he's like at that moment where I'm going to do this. And yeah. we, our peoples unbeknowingly sh show up at this guy's, we think it's a space probe and it's this dude standing there with a gun. So there's, there's a whole bunch that happens in that story, yeah. but the bottom line is we end up with this pregnancy on Mars which to me was another kind of an eye roll soap opera. Wait, the North Korean guy is pregnant. The, the North Korean guy is pregnant. No. Wow. Kelly Baldwin, Ed Baldwin's oh, okay. daughter, who happens to also be like a biological botanical person. She likes plants. What's the name for that? Yeah, I don't know, but that that was one of the things that was a jump for me. Of like, yes, she's coming to to. They wanted her on Mars. They wanted her um, on she, Mars. They want to, I mean, that's the bottom line, but it's like, no, let me go because, I, you know, maybe we'll find life. And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we should look for life. Yeah. Yeah. You Imagine come. that. Yeah. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I did. I felt like with the finale, they had some things that they knew they wanted to do. Some like yeah. big, big swings, some big goals. And they knew where they wanted to get everybody to, but how they were going to get them to those those places, they weren't yeah. exactly sure. And that's where I feel like there was some muddying of the waters once they got to Mars, which happened midway through the season until they yeah. got to the finale. I think there were some great sequences in the finale. Um, that, oh, and, and, I, and some, some great payoffs. So she's yeah. pregnant. She has preeclampsia. You don't want to deliver a baby on Mars with a third of the gravity of Earth. They don't have any facilities for anything to, to help this baby. So they've got to get her to the ship in orbit. They don't have enough fuel. 
So they come up with this crazy cockamamie plan to strap her on the top of a ship. They're going to get her 95% of the way there, and then she's going to Iron Man jetpack herself to the Phoenix in orbit, which, by the way, also has centrifugal gravity, ladies and gentlemen, which yeah. means that it has artificial gravity, like 1G, like on this ship. So perfect place mm. to, to live if you're going to be in space and to be able to deliver a child. Uh, which that was another thing like early on in the season, like I scratched my head about like 1992 to 95, which is where season three happens. We actually have yeah. spinning, rotating space stations slash spaceships that have yeah. gravity. Which, which again, might, it, it's theoretical. Maybe it's theoretical. It, I mean, right. Um, I don't So, but wait, so to go, go back. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm jumping around here. No, you are. That's okay. Um, another gripe I have is, are we doing gripes? Can I do a gripe? This is, we have now entered the gripe segment. The gripe zone. Yeah, there we go. Um, the sequence of Ed and Kelly Mm -hmm. going up Mm. and then her shooting off. Yes. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And like, I even like. Special effects, the the budget this show has, they, they knock it out of the park. And I, I mean, I felt things, my, my tingles all Ed's, stuff. Ed's face, Joel Kinnaman. His face. He, he sells oh, it. so good. Very so talented good. actor. But, 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 really until the landing, mm-hmm. there is no actual drama. Like, they build it up and they have the music and all that stuff, but like, they, it's NASA and they know to, to like, <laughs> a, a drop everything that exists and like, you see that going up and it's following the line exactly and it's like, follow the line exactly it's still doing it it's like it's like <laughs> until you land there's no drama because that's the the manual part mm-hmm. um and so it's just like it should have been like the the two of them sitting there with the elevator music and then now, okay you, i feel like you're insulting jeff russo who does incredible <laughs> scores for this this program as well go listen to the soundtracks because oh it's incredible it's yeah absolutely no, it sells delightful. It. yes but I'm just saying, like, them going up and her shooting off, all of that was – it was a formula that, that was going to happen. And then, again, then it falls. Then it's drama. Then it's like, oh, my goodness, is he going to stick the landing? I also don't understand why Molly was the one to, like, consult on this. Molly like, Cobb like can she- do no wrong, sir. <laughs> she was a barnstormer. Um, y- yeah. Okay. Is that <laughs> – so like now she knows how to land a pod. It was a it was a no fun it was a fun Mars. vehicle to get the OG cast back together. It was one last time. yes, but it but it didn't make sense, right? There's only so <laughs> many people in the world who can talk to Ed yeah. Baldwin like what he needed to hear there. Okay, and Molly Cobb was one of those people. Here, here it comes, yeah. Okay, okay, you're right. You're right, Donnie. I'm wrong. <laughs> Old man, Ed Baldwin, which, by yeah. the way, we could talk about the progression of age. Yeah. Oh, I saw in the uh, a video you sent me, uh, what's her name, Dan- Danny in it. Danny. And I'm like, she looks so young. Danny looks and, great. But of course she looks young, because she is. They they aged her up like 20 years, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, Chris Marshall, I think the actress, she's, you know, in yeah. her early 30s at this point. Yeah. But in season one, 
when she's recruited to NASA, she's very young. I mean, she's in yeah. her twenties where Ed Baldwin is around 40 years old. He's married. He's got yeah. a kid. He's a seasoned NASA astronaut at this point. And by season four now, he's going to be in his early seventies. So yeah. that's the other, and he's, he's still out there. Well, so that's the other spectacle of this yeah. is they didn't have yeah. enough fuel for everybody to get off of Mars. The people that were there. So basically they're stranded. So one of my questions Going from bridging three to four is, did, does Ed Baldwin ever come home or did he just stay on Mars the yeah. whole time? He had this mentality at Jamestown back in season one about he didn't want to abandon the base. Is this like a still mentality that has stuck with him all this time? And he's like, he, I'm not abandoning Happy Valley. I'm, we're going to hold our ground here because I feel like there's old man Admiral Baldwin mentality of that. But at the same time, he also has his daughter and now yeah. grandson, which, by the way, father is Soviet cosmonaut Alexei Politov, who dies on, yeah. on Mars. That was sad. So sad. dual citizenship for baby Baldwin. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. And And I mean, the plan was that they were all going to leave. And I don't think he was resistant to that plan. So I don't know yeah. why he would suddenly you know, go down with the ship. Yeah. But, but, uh, I guess, uh, um, how are they going to getting... sell us a plausible way for a 70 yeah. year old man to yeah. be living on Mars? And, and I don't know if it gets into spoilers, but just from some of the previews and stuff, we know that he is an active participant in season four. Yes. In space on the mission. Yes. And so, yes, I, I do wonder the same thing. Yeah. I do wonder the same thing. And and I guess like I guess this this kind of we're all over the place. Uh, we have an outline, people, but we have we have demolished the outline. Um, some of my fears is, is like we have to get a new cast. Like yes. there has to be a new cast this year. Yes, and Karen is gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Molly is gone. Yeah. Um, you know uh, the Stevens parents. The Steve, what the Stevens parents were gone already, right. but. Um, a lot of the OG crew do, is gone. Do we yeah. even do we? Is this the point where we <laughs> diverge into the Stevens boys? Yeah. Oh. Well, I just I wonder. We'll like, come back to that. You're on a good track here. Like, can can there be a, a successful season five? Mm. Because, like, this is an expensive show. Yes. I, I know the the budget isn't gigantic, but right. it's an expensive show. And if you look at it, like, I mean. You're going to have to really build some relationships with the audience big time this, this season. Totally agree. Because we can have Danny in the next one. Right. Maybe Ed. Right. But like Ed's 80 something at that point. Yeah. Molly, or not Molly, uh, Danny. Rest in peace, Molly. So I don't But even then, like we need five, six, seven more people to care about, right? Yeah. And And it looks like. Mars is getting this huge population. Mm-hmm. You've got all this other stuff that's, that's going on. And so there's opportunity for that. Uh, but I mean, you, you killed it with the original cast. Yes. Yeah. Casting and, the, yeah. I think the chemistry that they had uh, amongst yeah. that, that group, absolutely incredible. And this is the double edged sword of the, the format of storytelling that they're following. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's compelling, it's interesting, it hooks you, it, it draws you back in the following year. You, you're we're time jumping to a different place in these these characters' lives, but they can't continue down this path indefinitely. No. <laughs> well, and, and here's what's interesting. So 
there there's a show on Apple TV Plus that's uh, found Foundation, mm-hmm. and it's one that I highly recommend you watch. And when, so it, it's from an anthology series where it's just a bunch of little stories about the the uh, anyway the Galactic Empire and how it's crumbling and and spoilers that's, for that's Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and like, what's interesting is that there's n- none of the same characters are any in any of the stories. Okay. But when the showrunner approached Apple TV about this, they said, "We'll run it, but you've got to have glue between. The, you've got to have characters that that go season to season." Yeah. And so they rewrote big parts of it to mm. have like this genetic dynasty that would was like cloned. And then we have these other people that are like time jumping and they're going in cryo sleep in between seasons. And so I wonder if if something similar has happened here or if this was a lesson for them. But just very specifically, Apple TV is like they don't like the idea that you might have lost your characters every season, right? Yeah. Will we get the Futurama Ed Baldwin head in a jar that like Absolutely. takes us to Alpha Centauri in season twenty-seven. If if the technology will get there, the, the way we're progressing, <laughs> we have the technology. We can rebuild yeah. him. I guess. Uh, so cast is a big fear of mine. Yes. Moving into this season, I agree. Um, what What are some of your fears? Yeah, I think just to flush that out a little bit more, this just to emphasize how pivotal this season is, they have yeah. I feel like this show overall has struggled with the younger generations, the younger casts coming in mm-hmm. and having a compelling character that I really can yeah, rally could, behind. Like Kelly's great. Kelly's uh but she great. She's not a front she's not frontline. No. She's not um top tier. Right. Uh, Danny is a piece of garbage. Danny Stevens, not to be confused with Danielle Poole. No, yeah, because there's they're Danny. the most wonderful Danny ever yeah. and the most awful Danny ever on this show. And then Jimmy is bless his heart. He means he well. He looks like he's sixty, right? <laughs> it's the hairline. Does he not? It's the hairline. The the I guess poor, poor fella, poor guy. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's okay, though. but that's like he was. That's it. He was naive. So I, it's interesting. Uh, back down the rabbit trail, ladies and gentlemen. But I feel like you have these two brothers, Danny and Jimmy. Their parents die at the end of season two on the moon. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jimmy got the best parts of Gordo and Tracy, and Danny got the worst. Mm. And as circumstances necessitate as the story evolves we see the best and the worst mm-hmm. good old danny yeah we're gonna I, talk about danny the, and karen <laughs> yeah let's talk about danny, <laughs> danny and karen danny and karen so <sighs> i what I a will polarizing say that, decision <laughs> i i mean i you may not have thought this but the first episode i thought was beautiful of season three mm-hmm. i thought it it was a yes. great introduction. Um, the even the well, I guess this is another episode, but the 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 song playing f- during Danny's the like, Elvis uh, cover song, yeah, oh, that was so awkward, so awkward, yes. Oh. But like, and then 
But I, I want to believe day. that that Danny's better and <laughs> yeah, he saves the day in that. Yes, episode. I know. Yeah, they set him up really well. Where you're like, okay, you know, yeah. but you don't know all the stuff that they they build out in the next couple episodes. But sure, but like really. Like, Danny, we hate him, and he was a mm. garbage person through this entire season. Terrible. But, like, Karen's also a garbage person, right? Karen is a broken person who is trying to find her identity and makes a really awful decision. A really awful decision that yeah. impacts a young person who was your dead son's best friend. Yeah. Your dead son's best yeah. friend. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's all tragic. And it is. It doesn't make him less garbage, both of them. They're <laughs> garbage people. They, garbage individuals. It, it, there is a moment in season three where Jimmy, who knows what happened, by the way, yeah. Karen and Danny have an affair, and Danny's like 18, 19 years old, and Karen's a 40-something-year-old woman um, who sleeps with her boy's best friend. Uh, where he confronts her about it and like, you really, you really ruined my brother. And it was a very genuine, sincere moment of clarity. And I think truth coming from Jimmy confronting Karen about it and her really embracing her, her own hurt and her own brokenness. And really the fact that she used Danny, um, yeah. that's the characters that's the the human sized characters in this show that i, I do appreciate yeah. while i thought that decision in storytelling was a mistake i do appreciate that we end up seeing a really broken danny in this season yeah. who really is an addict and should have never been on a mars mission no but you have an Ed Baldwin who sees in this boy the son that he never had, who also you see the best friend. This yeah. is the the son of his best friend. He doesn't friend. see Danny. He doesn't see Danny. He sees, he sees Gordo. Gordo. Yeah. 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 This is yeah. this is the mission that I wanted to have with Gordo, but I yeah, but yeah, was yeah. taken away from me. Yeah. Yeah, it and and I will say, like, I don't think that, that there was a storytelling mistake. Because, like, I, I mean, I, you and I both consume a lot of media, yeah. and you look at some yeah. of this stuff as, like, you know, chess pieces that they're moving along. Sure. And I think it was actually good, because I'm looking at it, and I hate Danny. And, like, you know, <laughs> I, do and I don't see I do it too. just as, like, a, a chess piece. Like, yeah. I see, like, that, oh, my gosh, this garbage. You know, like, they, they did a good job. They, they gave us a villain, and we, need, we needed a villain, right? And, and by the way, let's, let's separate Casey Johnson, the actor who plays Danny He's Stevens. He's garbage. He does a, <laughs> I'm sure a perfectly fine, wonderful human being who does a phenomenal job playing That's this awful, to be seen. awful villain. <laughs> That's to be seen. Maybe he'll be a guest star at some point in this, yeah. this podcast season. <laughs> yeah. Join we'll us see. on Happy Valley, Casey. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we get we gotta get moving. What what else are you worried about this season? We're taking some more leaps, technologically speaking. Yeah. Because we've jumped well, from going in to a, Mars the to biggest asteroids. way, right? Right. Yeah. This is this is a big swing. Are they going to be able to tell this in a believable way that yeah. still stays grounded with 
this butterfly effect of because of this decision, we were now able to do this thing because of us being able to do that thing. We're able to evolve into this yeah. process that is still grounded and believable. I, 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 <laughs> we're lassoing asteroids. We're lassoing asteroids. Yeah. So I, and I know people are going to die horrible deaths because for all mankind, one of its subtitles yes. could be all the horrible ways you can die in space. Yeah. So I know we're going to have more of that. What what I what I worry about with that is is again I I, I don't think this is spoilery, but um, we're we're going to mine asteroids. We know that. Yep. And the scale at which you would have to do that is so massive. Yeah. Like an asteroid isn't going to do it. You need hundreds of asteroids, and so I just wonder what scale they're going to show for that. Yeah. Because if we get the ore from an asteroid, is that really worth it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, as they say in the in the trailer, the it has iridium, which is a very rare earth metal that is used in a bunch of technology and like uh, LED panels and that kind of stuff. This has more iridium yeah. than has been mined in the history of all of the earth. Okay, so thank you, Professor. You're, you're, you're uh, very welcome. It was Elena Rosales, which, by the way, we haven't mentioned either. Honorable mention mm. to her and her story and her mm. evolution and really living the American dream. Back mm. to Iridium, Mr. Nerd. It's there's potential here for a lot of greed as well, because you have this coalition oh, yeah. that is cooperating and at least on the surface seems to be very uh, peaceful. And I I feel like people are going to get involved with that, including Marv from Home Alone, who now is the director of NASA in this season, Daniel Stern. Uh, I'm excited to see that play out. But, yeah, I think I think that's going to be a big thing of humanity seems to be on this better trajectory, but we still have that underlying human nature. And maybe the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit this season. Yeah, no, it, I think it will, and they need they need it too because like that. This is another thing that I have with the the show is is they have some really amazing pieces mm. that happen. Sure. The okay, the the Russians taking over the American base on the moon. Oh, amazing! Incredible. Like I chills thinking about it right now. It just some of the best television ever. Yes. Um. By the way, the, Moon Marines were a bad idea, and yeah. that sequence that precipitated them striking our base is yeah. one of the most psychologically disturbing things that I've seen oh, on television. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. Speaking of all the horrible ways one can die in space, yes. we get Space oh, Panini yeah. in Season 3, but then a person <laughs> burning alive in a suit in yeah. Season 2. Space I, Kebab. It's, it's <laughs> Space Kebab. It's it's yeah. awful and it's yeah that that, that it's one terrible. I, I did not sleep well that night. Mm. Yeah, but like there there are things that happen and this this would be again I don't know like what you know about the the show is it the same showrunners from the first three seasons yes. or yes okay that's good that's good um but I don't know I just I feel like there's these big swings that they they set up and you're like ooh okay here we go. And then nothing happens. Yeah. And and I, I can't really remember some of them from the first season, but it, there's there's um there are some. In the, the last season specifically, when they're going to Mars, the a Russian anonymous anonymously contacts Kelly right. 
and is like, hey, our government is about to do something really terrible. And the next moment, and I want to make a baby they're... with you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and, well, and then like they speed up their engines. Yeah. But like the reveal of that is like, okay, that's bad. But, but what's the really terrible thing they're going to do? And, like, <sighs> I don't know if you felt like that, but like. The the it Russian just... storyline specifically, I felt like there was a lot that probably hit the cutting room floor because yeah, 100%. yes, they, yeah. there was a, there was an ominous when they discover that Kelly's pregnant doing blood work and yes, blood transfusions. Yeah. It's like we're going to have to tell Moscow and yes, and then like by the end, and then it's a, like well the Kuznetsov, next episode, like the next yeah. episode, like he's like he's buddy, like got a little bunny and he's like. He's like, do, 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 on her stomach. and Right. <laughs> it's like, they're, like they're all best friends, which I love by the yeah. end of the season because you have, yeah. you know, these world powers, these rivals that have to come together for survival. Yeah. But you really see them embracing Western culture. And yeah. it, fun fact, by the way, and I didn't really pick up this until my rewatch, but the, the Russian doctor and his name is escaping me at the moment. He was also in season two. He was the Russian doctor on the moon who hmm. comes to the Jamestown base. So there was more continuity there that I hadn't really picked up on the first time oh, around. I didn't realize that. And uh, Kuznetsov, the commander I mean, of the Russian sense. mission, Mars 94 mission, he's going to be back in season four. And I'm really excited about that, too. So yeah. another one that I'm like, did he come back or did he stay on Mars? I want to believe that mm. there is a sideshow that's Ed and Grigory Kuznetsov like just stayed on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. And they just played cards for eight years. Yes. We'll we'll get like a Christmas series. Um, the Christmas little, special. Uh, webisodes. The yeah. fam. Webisodes. Yeah. Christmas special. Love it. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I mean, there's 10 years yeah. in between. Yeah. And so, and, and a couple things we know from the, the connections, uh, uh, news episodes is it is a 31 day trip, right? Something yes. like that, thirty-seven days. Yeah, so they've they've got some new so engine that that Helios, which is yeah. like this version, this universe's version of SpaceX. They're the yeah. private company who's put together some really awesome tech. Yeah, they've yeah. got an engine now they can get to Mars in thirty-one days, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, if you, I mean, we kind of talked about some of this, but if you think about predictions or hopes for this season. Mm-hmm. What what kind of comes to mind for you? I really want to see this whole asteroid thing, how it's going to play out. Is this like the spectacle of the season or have mm. they only shown us footage from the first half of the season? And is this really building towards something bigger or some sort of a, I think worst case scenario, they're going to drag this thing into like Martian orbit and the math is wrong. You're talking about <laughs> the elevator yeah. music of getting to orbit. But what if they do make some <laughs> sort of miscalculation and this thing like crashes yeah. onto Happy Valley and it's the end of our podcast named Happy Valley because it blows up because yeah. iridium mine oh, doesn't work well. That probably has to happen. And oh, then that's right. the way our OG cast some version of that goes bye bye. I think I think this this is my big prediction is this there are hundreds asteroid of people is going to crash into Mars. Now it might not hit the mm. base but it's going to crash into Mars. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's the asteroid or not but but we have hundreds of people down there and yes, you I think you're right. The the base will be compromised in a big big way. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I don't know if I don't because are they taking the 
the asteroids to Mars. And then like, I don't know if you know much about space, but like, it's not like you have to pass <laughs> Mars to get to earth. Like it's not, a, there's not like a line of planets. Like I know that's what you see. Right. But, <laughs> but I, I, I think what they're saying is that this asteroid is closer to Mars. So the level okay. of effort is going to be easier for us to drag this big, yep. massive. Now, I mean, is there, is it, does it rotate? Does it have gravity? Yeah, it's got mass. So there's something that has to be addressed there. And then how do you put this thing into a Martian orbit? I I feel Mm. like there there maybe there's hubris at play here where we have made all of these great scientific advancements and achievements. Therefore, we are now ready to lasso asteroids. And really, we're not. Mm -hmm. You you think about even in our timeline and in this one as well, it just (laughs) The amount of sheer luck that went into the Apollo program and the fact that we were able to successfully land people on the moon multiple times is it truly a miracle. Well, it okay. So it, it is there's an element of luck per se, but it is cal- they like they, they calculate yeah. the calculations. Like they like yeah. gravity and pool and mass and force and all those things to where like I mean, you got to think about this. We landed a rover on Mars mm. without being there. Mm. And all of that wasn't like, hope yeah. it works. Right. It was like, we're sending a billion dollars, you know, across yeah. this, across space. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. And, yeah. and they know, That's like, fair. this happens and this happens. And if that happens, we'll have this happen. Like, they are, these guys are, I mean, you, you think about um, Apollo 13, the movie where, like, they know every single item oh. on the ship, right? Oh. We need you to make this yes. thing fit in this yes. thing using nothing but these parts right here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm just saying like, yeah, it's, there's some luck per se, but like mm. they calculate everything. That's why, again, the elevator music is like, it's all calculated. <laughs> they know the weight, the, the, how, like they know all of it. They know how, but, so you, the, the but ounce, you still much have to do is. it. You still have to you go have to, through the yes, procedure of, do of doing it. Yeah. So, no, you're right, and, you're and right. there's, as long as humans are involved, I feel like there is a possibility of things going sideways. The other thing yeah. that I'm interested in this season, we're talking about, I need compelling younger generation. We're, it, it's, they're, they're teasing. There was the Helios ad, like, come, come join me on Mars. And we have this, Toby Kebble is going to be playing this character. I think his name's Miles. And I'm sure when we get to end of the first episode, we'll want to really unpack him. But he's he's just a blue collar guy that's going to go work on Mars. So now oh, we're yeah, not yeah. just seeing you know these these PhDs, these scientists, these test pilots. We're starting to see the HVAC guy that's going to go live yeah. on Mars. So well, there's how hundreds does that of people play there, in? So, there's yeah. hundreds of people, and I feel like at some point in the season, there's going to be some sort of class warfare that's going to yep. to play out. Um, and and I and I I'm interested to see how the showrunners handle that. Which which is a weird thing, and I get it, but like hundreds of people is still point oh oh one percent, right? <laughs> And so hundreds yeah. of people is still a super exclusive club. Sure. Um, not that it, that means it has to be the rich people, but like, but you need, a why cook. would you send you need, somebody? You need somebody you need who's, cook. who's cleaning. You need, but you you're going to have like the scientist cook. That's like, not just like the guy that does the food truck and you're like, well, he cooks. 
you're going to have the guy that like understands nutrition and that it's like molecular value uh, when you have uh, level the resources to get somebody to Mars in a month. Why yeah. would you not pay someone less compensation to do <laughs> as good of a job versus yeah. scientist PhD guy? Like, and I think that's the mentality that we're going to see play out this season. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think another thing that's going to be interesting is um, Dev. Okay. Dev. Dev Iessa, Dev. which by the way. Yeah. So a little backstory there. He discovers fusion energy. Yes. He's the guy that cracks the code. So he's kind of the Elon Musk-ish character that then also becomes the founder of Helios, which is the SpaceX equivalent. He's kind of got yeah. a little Bezos in him. He's got a little bit of Elon Musk. I honestly think that he's got a, a little bit of Steve Jobs in him as well. And I think mm. that might be intentional um, based on the delivery platforms bringing us this amazing, fantastic show. That's, Sorry, that's back to Deviasa. Tell us more. Well, I would say like he is a complicated character in season three. Agreed. And there's some great thing like he is he is a master manipulator mm-hmm. uh he you you could look at him and say like he he is a i i don't know uh the word i'm looking for what word am i looking for he works really hard narcissist to, narcissist he, he's got a little narcissism in him I yeah 100 percent. not a little he's got a lot he's got a lot <laughs> okay and <laughs> It, but he is charismatic yes. and he is very manipulative. Yes. Even like the, all the votes are the, like he is, he, he knows the outcome. And it's like big fat outcome. Greek wedding where he, you yeah. know, the, he makes the team feel like they're the head and he, yeah. but he's the neck and the neck moves yes. the head anywhere it wants it to go. Yeah. And, and he has some good moments, but overall, CEO I, I, feel like set, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they set him up as really you know, again, He's an anti-hero. A, a villain. Yeah, an anti-hero. Yep. Um, he did his his fate. My favorite moment with him mm-hmm. that shows his leadership and why he is where he is. Come on, is when I know where you're going. The well, it's when the 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 uh, Baldwin and Danny are trapped. Yep. Right. Is this what you're thinking? Yes. And like everybody's like, we can't figure it out. This can't work. Yes. Uh, you know, da 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 He's like, guys. We are engineers. Yes. This is an engineering problem. Get to work. Yes. And it's so oh. great. Yeah. Yes. So great. And it and it's like this great leadership moment where he's like, okay, let's stop complaining right. and solve it. Yes. And they and they get to work and it's really good. Um but I do what I fear is uh Elon Musk is, is a villain at this point uh in, in you know American media. Sure. And so I wonder if that will paint how they they move him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. We don't see him in anything yet, right? They've shown him in a couple of trailers, and okay. he is listed as a part of the regular cast. Okay, but but I just he's such a good character, like a a, a quality character. Yes, that I want them to do good things with him and not just use a, uh, a societal paintbrush on him, right? And make him some, you know, villain or whatever. Yeah. I want to see his redemption. Mm. Um, You'll disagree. I think we're going to see Danny's redemption. Ugh. I know. I want to have a a weekly segment of when is Danny going to (laughs) die? 
And I have yeah. my hopes, and I'm going to say it right now. Again, we're recording this. The first, the season premiere is approximately one day from now. Yeah. But in the trailer, there is a guy in a blue helio suit, which is the mid 90s. Man. Let me hold on. Let me let me put my tape on my glasses and push them up here because I'm about to get super <laughs> nerdy. But if you dissect at 115 on the trailer, I don't know if that was the exact time, but there was a 90s you do. helio suit that he's slipping and falling. And like, was that Danny's demise? And he's, he's just going to be mm. like the montage at the beginning. And it's like, oh, well, Danny died. And that's it. No, no, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be in it. Uh, we're gonna record the debrief from episode one okay. of Happy Valley, the next episode, and Danny's gonna be dead. Mm. Mark my words. Dan- Danny not only died, not only lives, but is redeemed this season. Does Ed Baldwin in your timeline find out about him and Karen? Because that was like one oh, of the big absolutely. nuggets yeah. around season three. Like, oh, when's when's Ed going to find out? And he didn't find yeah. out. He didn't find out. But he almost found out. He almost did. Um, no, and that that's why Danny has to live and Danny has to, to persist is, again, they've done it before where you, you think something has to happen and they just don't do it. Yeah. And so, but I think it has to happen. It's It's like the one piece that has not been revealed at this point yeah um there's just not a lot like they've they've gone i mean they've done away with so much stuff that mm-hmm. you really have a reset out, outside of that but yeah i don't know i i see danny gets redeemed okay okay we're, we're gonna love him season eight we're gonna be like danny 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 zero chance zero mm-hmm. yeah um and and i think another thing that is going to be interesting is we, we already, this is not renewed and there's a good chance it doesn't get renewed. Things are so crazy right now. Mm. Um, four seasons is a lot for streaming. Sure. And, but they want two more seasons. Is that right? They, the original plan was a seven season roadmap. Okay. Three, three more. That's right. They want to get past today. Yes. And, like I just see them being really careful mm-hmm. to be able to tie it up at the end of the season, and which I don't I don't know if that makes it more likely to get canceled, mm. but I just see them being really careful about how they do the the second half of this the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that they don't play it too safe. Yeah. The other thing I, I'm curious about kind of looking at what they've done in the past where they'll have either an event. So like in season two, uh, Korean airlines flight 007, easy to remember. Cause James Bond don't roll your eyes at me because I knew that number. Um, <laughs> he gets shot down by the, the Soviet union that actually happened in real life. And they mm-hmm. were able to integrate that into the story in a very meaningful way, yeah. a very impactful way. Uh, in season three, we had the bombing of the Johnson Space Center, which, by the way, supposedly, if you look at the the month and the year, it was 95. It actually happened the same month that in our timeline, the Oklahoma City bombing happened, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Timothy McVeigh blew up the the federal building in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Where was that? 
it, I believe it was in OKC, Oklahoma City. I think it was in Oklahoma City. Which is Oklahoma in City the bombing. state yeah. of Oklahoma. I think so. I believe that's true. There was a musical about that. Let me Google that for you. Yeah. Does 9-11 happen in this timeline? That's the question. Yeah. So, Or a 9-11 scale event. Because we're in 2003 now. Yeah. That's, that, so, that is a big question mark for me. Okay, they they are nine eleven was two thousand one. Nine eleven was two thousand one. Okay, so they're going to have to address it, right? Um, I bet you. This is the where the twin ta- the twin towers are standing. Yeah, in two thousand three, I think they are too. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, you're just not going to get anything about Muslim terrorists in no. an Apple TV show. No, I don't think so. So yeah. I don't know what they do, um, but I think I think to top last season's Earth side episode, hmm. I think they have to do something. They do, and I, I think it has to be big. I think so too. Um, yeah, to your point, I, it's not going to be Muslim terrorists. Which, if you actually look at those yeah. newsreels and you go back, like I have. And paused them and gone frame by frame. We never went into Kuwait uh, to liberate them from Iraq. So the the Mm. first Gulf War never happened. And the Russians never went into Afghanistan. Mm. So was there ever a polarization that happened with Osama bin Laden? I don't think there was in this timeline. But I do think that there's going to be some force that arises that is not okay with our capitalistic society. And maybe this space mining, this asteroid mining is that tipping point to yeah. send a message. So, Well, they, they painted the story of unrest, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, but like to, to top a 9-11 style uh, event, I mean, you need more than, than people mad about jobs. I, maybe not, but... yeah. It'll be interesting um, to see how that plays out. Okay, last thing that I, we have not touched on, mm. Margot, Margo. Sergey. Oh, oh, Brian. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know about you. I want a happy ending for these two. I really do. So I do too, and I will say, like the elevator scenes. Yes. And will the, they? Won't they? Yeah. Will, Jim will and they? Pam, won't they? Ross and Rachel. <laughs> Yep, Margot and Sergey. Um, the 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 ep, the scene with where she realizes that it's all, you know, fake. Like it's mm. all uh, an op was it for though? him. Was it though? Well, it wasn't. It was though. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the the typical like. It wasn't when I started, but now you know. <laughs> it was when I started, but now I'm in love with you. I I think um, the KG, KGB did manipulate yeah. him. Ah, however, go ahead, please continue. But well, I was just gonna say, like, the the problem is he's on U.S. soil. Yeah, uh, we know that yes. from the, the the end of the season. Yes, she is in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, which by is, the way, the other big twist in the finale, we thought she died oh, yeah. in the bombing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the that last scene where we time jumped to 2003 and opens a curtain, and there's Moscow. A very Soviet is still, Soviet yeah. Union's alive and well in 2003, and then it's Margot in the window. Yeah. <sighs> but, but there's just, there's no way that we don't know that she's alive. And so mm. if we know she's alive, we know she's a traitor. There's no way she's coming back back to the U.S. Yeah. Um, he can't go back to Russia. It's West Side Story on a 
international scale. Um, <laughs> nice. So, like, if they can get together, maybe they both meet in Sweden or something. I don't know. <laughs> a neutral site game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, the one thing about Margot is very talented engineer, Huntsville, Alabama native. She mm-hmm. was a protege of Werner von Braun. I think she's going to have to come in and help somehow this season with whatever. That's true. Whatever cataclysm. And I think we're going to get a redemption storyline for Margot Madison. Well, okay. She will work for the Russians, though. I mean, she. I think she has to. And maybe Sergei gets brought in by the Americans. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. Like, it's 10 years later. Right. The, the technology, I would think at this point, is substantially different. I, we, know, we know it is. Um, and so what does she bring to the table? Maybe experience, maybe, you know, maybe a middle finger to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, because of the tensions that rise. Oh, another thing I was going to mention. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get too far off. But, like, you did have – we've had a, a glimpse into what's going to happen this season in the water discovery where – okay. The Russians discover water. They uh, work with Helios to get to it. They, they're not going to tell the Americans. Right. And it's like there, there's everybody's happy. Mm. And then a, a unique finite resource gets found and it the divisions happen immediately. Right. <laughs> Human nature takes over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and, think we'll, I think we're going to have more of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sorry, so uh, with Margot, yeah, I don't know. I, I do want to – I don't know how I should feel. I know how I do feel. I do feel, yes, I want to see them come together. I want to see her um, have redemption. On the other side, she is a traitor. She she sold secrets. Mm. Um, you can justify it, but, I mean, she was wrong, and she, she did it because she was compromised. Yeah. Um so it, she it's, was compromised by love, Brian. Compromised mm, by love. I guess it's okay if you're compromised by love, right? It was in in her mind, it was an exchange of knowledge. So there well, was, was there was a reciprocation happening there. It was fine at that point. I think you justify it at that point. But when Cuz like she warned them about the the O-ring thing. That was like the first yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yes. Because she didn't want people to die. Yeah, and that, that motives, was great. Motives were okay. But then when it's like, I can't give you nuclear secrets. Right. Like, that, that is the she line. Did. She, did. she did. because she, she was compromised. Want, she didn't want her, her, yeah. her bow, yeah. her Russian bow, to, to die. Yeah. I, I think they're called a... Bleh. And, Bleh. Is that him coughing? Because he coughed a yeah. lot in season three. <laughs> I need a webisode about how how do they torture him? Like it's just his lungs. Like his face looked fine, but they like destroyed his lungs. Like how does that work? Is there like a lung machine Mm. that? Yeah, they make you breathe in like uh, hairspray. Knock knock. uh, Essence. Who is it? KGB. Yeah, we have a lung machine. That that scene. That scene is so good. Who is it, Sergey? Who is it, Sergey? Oh my gosh, so good! Yeah, very well done. I, I really yeah. uh, that was a standout moment in in season yes. three. 
And then I, 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 you talk about human nature taking over the, I think the other one and we're bouncing around. Goodness gracious. It's fine. If you're still listening, our dear family members, you, you get some special treat. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole, we thought was going to be the first step on Mars. And it was like Danny and Kuznetsov, like basically wrestling to the ground. They're doing it together. So inspiring. (laughs) So great. And they were like, and then the interviews afterwards where it's like, when I, when I stepped on Mars first, yeah, so good. So good. good. That's, that's one thing I feel like this, this show does a great job with the low key humor. Yeah. He was several steps behind me. Oh, so good. good. I love it. So I need more of that. All right, man. Well, I am excited. Yes. The, um, this will go out tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, the first episode comes out Friday. Donnie says Thursday night. Um, we'll see what actually happens. And, Thursday night at um, 9 p.m. Eastern is typically when these episodes drop. So. I, I saw that because that's like 1, 1 GMT. PM or 1 a.m. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real time. Yeah. Whatever. The, so, uh, so, I mean, side note, like I've got Loki finale tomorrow night and then mm. season two finale and then for all mankind premiere. And I'm I'm pretty pumped. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Are you enjoying Loki? Of all the things that Marvel is doing right now, I feel yeah. like it is the most compelling. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm probably three episodes in, so okay. don't don't spoil it for me. Okay. Um, but I did fin- just finish Ahsoka. What a mm. garbage show! Whoa, you liked it? Okay, so question back. Yeah, did you watch Star Wars Rebels? The I didn't. Series? And I know I didn't. You have to watch Rebels. This okay. was this was just, Rebel season five. That's exactly what it was. It it was so I say garbage. It it had a garbage ending. It really did. And we you know we could get into that on our Ahsoka podcast uh, later today. <laughs> um, but like I don't know. I'm just very frustrated with Disney because it, you've got this yeah. four billion dollar uh, indi- uh, franchise that they bought. Yeah, and they're doing so much with it. Yeah, but none of it's like great. And even good isn't good enough. Like, make it great. Uh, uh, Dave Filoni, as long as he's at the helm, he gets my vote. That's and I and honestly, he wasn't involved in Andor, um, but I thought that was a fantastic project. Andor was fantastic, and we're getting yeah. a, another season of it as well. But even like Kenobi was good. <sighs> I, Kenobi had some you. amazing points. Like the, uh, the the fights with the uh, Anakin, fun 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 fan service there. But outside of that, I yeah, I, I, it, was, I it was okay I slept through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I hate that. I hate that too. But all right, well, um, yeah. I guess uh, until next time, um, we'll uh, we'll see how this premiere goes. And I I'm very hopeful for it. I don't like. There's no part of me that is guarded going into the season. Bring it on. Give me all Bring of it. Bring it on. Give yeah. me all yeah. of it, except for Danny and Karen, but Karen's dead, so no more of that. <laughs> Rest in really peace, Karen Baldwin. They gave us more Karen, so. <laughs> the ghost of Karen. Yep. All right, well, until next time, we'll see you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, Bob. Yes.